Uh, anyways, sorry for my voice sounding like trash, listener. I'm sure you can tell, or well, unless you're Allison, which you probably won't be able to tell. That's fine. I feel like I feel like every time I I say sorry for this poor audio quality, Nathan, you're always like, yeah, my wife said I don't even know. So she did. That's, that's <laughs> I don't think I'm anybody there. knows except for you and your magic ears. <laughs> you got magic ears. He's got magic Hilariously, ears. Hilariously, he can hear half deaf. Really? Oh. Yeah, I don't hear well out of my right ear. That's why you don't hear my jokes. <laughs> You're listening to The John Chi Show, hosted by three Korean-American adoptees diving headfirst into what it means to be adopted, Korean, American, and more. And now, here's your hosts, Nathan, Patrick, and KJ. Welcome back to the John Chi Show. This is episode thirty-seven. <laughs> Maybe. I love. Uh, I I love that. Like question. now that we're in the thirties, especially, I have no idea what episode number. We're just in thirty something. So, um, <laughs> I am your host KJ, along with the hosts Nathan and Patrick. Um, we are the John Chi Show. It is the three of us. Uh, Patrick, wait, no, Nathan, will you explain what John Chi means? John Chi means to celebrate and feast. And we are doing that with our Korean heritage and discoveries of our Korean adoption and our history and our knowledge of, or lack thereof, of (laughs) all things Korean. (laughs) We are trying to discover what we can and that's what we'd like to do we'd like to have a little john chi a little party a little celebration so we are doing that amongst ourselves and (laughs) you find viewers and listeners yes and that was probably much longer of an explanation than it should have been (laughs) it was uh, a little bit long and a little bit slow but i'll forgive it because it's the morning uh full disclosure we're recording this in the early morning it's earliest for nathan but it's still early for kj and patrick i started referring to myself this is the problem with recording with zoom is i will look to our windows just to like make sure that i have visually said everyone's name but when i look to my window i say my name because it's in my the bottom left corner of my screen so i now started referring to myself in the third person it's fine whatever that's fine Nathan uh, at all. yeah <laughs> It actually it makes me think yeah. of the boulder from Avatar. The boulder. Oh yeah. <laughs> will crush you with his palm. Uh, anyways, um, so it is the month of May. That is Asian and Pacific Islander heritage uh, month. American sure. heritage month. Yeah. Uh, it's there's 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 like so many letters in this thing but May is our month. If you're Asian American, if you're a Pacific Islander American, May is our month, so hooray! We have a month, um, you know. Besides all the rest of the months that we're just generally <laughs> alive and out here living too, life, but um, this is the month where some people are like, "Hey, we should pay attention to this particular ethnic group or mm-hmm. ethnic groups." So, yeah, um, in our own version of celebrating and uh, highlighting our stories and things, we wanted to uh, take the month of May to do something different. Like we said last episode, we're kind of messing with the show format a little bit, but especially for May, we wanted to really center our stories. So whether that's going through the book club, whether that's uh, centering um, our interviewee stories um, and not feeling like, oh man, we got to rush through this. So it, uh, you know, is around an hour and a half um, for episode content. Uh, We just want to make sure that we, take the time to tell people stories and, and celebrate that and, and center those things without being like, Oh, now we got to do a food thing. But, um, we know that food is, is an important ethos of our show. And so when we come back in June, we are going to have, uh, we're going to do it up big for food. And so we're going to take the month of May and figure that out, how we can do it up big, what that looks like, uh, making sure that it is as fun and as awesome and as wonderful as possible. And hopefully unlock some new things, maybe like Nathan's grilled cheese, hot dog, or uh, my kimchi bokumbap, or Ooh, yes. who knows what what that'll look like exactly. We don't yet. It's a surprise. You'll We're have moving to, to Korea. You'll have to We're tune in. We're moving in June. to Korea. <laughs> Spoiler alert. We're all gonna take cooking classes but only in, in our Korea. kitchens. <laughs> We're moving Only to in, our in our kitchens. Yep. <laughs> nope. We're leaving our our significant others and families, and we're moving together as a trio for the we're show. Starting a John Chi fraternity. <laughs> no, just a, a place where we live together and do yeah. like a monastery, like a John Chi uh, monastery. 
Yeah. Can sure. I be Daredevil? <laughs> <laughs> you can. You can. I'll give okay, you that. Thanks. Great. Um, so yeah, so we have a really great interview lined up with Katie Katamatri of Tiger Boom Creative from Instagram fame at Tiger Boom Creative. Uh, I mean, she's probably famous for other reasons, but um, oh, in the fashion world, yeah, in the retail yes, fashion world, out. it seems like yep, yep, yep. yep, yep. So uh, I'm glad that you guys are paying attention because I mean, not that I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> all of the out yourself not paying attention. Know, right? All of no, it's just <laughs> it's not even that. It's just all of the information it's that I had in my brain is now gone. Uh, sure. because I, I just immediately forgot so that I could be fully present with the two of you. I almost see, said the three of you. Gosh dang it. See, look. See, I'm not, the the only, three one. I'm not the only one who rambles here. Look, I, see? Going I just on. don't know how to do this when we don't break <laughs> we're in. The, so we're in the morning. It's yeah, 10.30, uh, this is, it's okay. 8.30, and 9.30, respectively. 9:30. Yeah, how about only one of us has had coffee. Listen to so. the interview. <laughs> yep, <laughs> six right. cups of coffee. Roll the tape. We're going to the interview. Hurry up. Ba, 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 ba. Hurry up, KJ. Get on that. All right. <laughs> Quit talking to yourself yeah. or about yourself in 3P. And three p now. <laughs> All right. Now we'll roll it. Welcome back to the John Chi Show interview portion. We are here with Katie Karamatre. Um, welcome. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for being on the show thank you yeah. guys for having me it's a, it's an early morning <laughs> recording uh so we apologize if we are a little uh a <laughs> little oh. slow in a lot of our mm. responses today but uh we are um very happy that you are here and uh like all the shows we start with um a little intro of your adoption stories so if you'd like uh tell everyone uh you know what you'd like to tell us Okay. <laughs> I love that you blamed the slowness of the show on the morning and not like something believable like Zoom. No, like, no, no, it's never just, it's a bad connection this time. Like, nope, never. this is one million percent us. It's totally our fault. <laughs> it's because I'm only a fourth through my coffee right now. That's why. Oh boy. Uh, sure. <laughs> I was adopted from uh, Seoul, Korea. Uh, when I was three months old and flew here to JFK in New York. And um, I spent a little bit of time in New Jersey. And then my family relocated uh, for my dad's work to South Carolina. And that's pretty much where I grew up until I went to college. And then my parents were like, peace out, South Carolina. We're going back to New Jersey. <laughs> so now I have like virtually no reason to ever revisit like I basically haven't ever gone back to South Carolina really and um now we're all just here in New Jersey um I live in Jersey City and my parents live in New Jersey so um I have an older brother who's uh my parents biological son he lives in California yeah after school I bounced around a little in college I did exchange to South Korea to um Iwa and that's kind of how like I learned about Korea and Korean culture and then uh, after college, I worked for Abercrombie and Fitch in Ohio. Cool. And I worked in San Francisco for the children's place. And then back to New York, where I basically worked for like any teen mall store. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much like, yeah, Aeropostale, American Eagle, Aerie, Victoria's Secret. Um, I also worked for Jim Bree. So like just any mall store, I was working there. That's cool. Is that, was that a specific out. title? I'm a mall logo graphic designer. Or like, <laughs> yeah, pretty pretty much. My resume was like uh, corporate fashion. I'll do it. Mini malls. <laughs> Need me to eat Discount some anti Here for it. Great American <laughs> good company. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And so you grew up in um, South Carolina, which I assume is predominantly white in your neighborhood. Um, did you have any friends, uh, that were Asian or of any Asian descent or any BIPOC? Um, our area was pretty rural and so it was pretty mixed actually like, uh, black and white. Oh, okay. And then there was like a group of Mexican people, um, like, and Latin Americans, but mainly from Mexico. And, um, there was one girl whose mom was Filipino. And one guy 
in a different district, like our rival district, <laughs> who I think might have been Korean. I don't know. He was Asian, but I like just saw him occasionally. But I distinctly, I was telling someone else, I distinctly remember taking like a school trip to Atlanta to go like see a play or something. And like seeing Asian people on the sidewalk and just being like out the bus window, like, wow, like those people are like me. Yeah. (laughs) Like Atlanta, so metropolitan. Yeah. So that was pretty much how I grew up. Like people, I mean, I've heard this on your show before. People um, would be like, oh, are you, um, because, you know, like back then, early 90s, there's no like internet and Instagram. So people would just be like, and it's like the rural South. So people would be like, are you Chinese? Are you Japanese? Are you Mexican? Like, and then that was pretty, and then once they were done with that, they were like, that's it. And then I'd be like, well, I'm from Korea. And they're like, so that's in China? Yeah. Do you think more people would know about Korea? If Surprisingly not. It's, I mean, yeah, I always wondered about that too. Why people always, you know, just assume that, that uh, I don't know, was another one. Of course, the major ethnicities of, of China, because that's, you know, the largest population, but yeah. Um, Korea's, you know, pretty predominant. I, I don't know why people don't, don't guess that one. Now, if I was like, I don't know, like a Pacific Islander, like, you know, Laotian or something like that, then I can understand. But, um, I don't know. I kind of get it. Cause until I went to college, I also had no way of knowing anything mm-hmm. Korean or even Chinese or Japanese either. Right. Like other than school and the math and stuff. So it's funny that you got the the Mexican uh, label. Mm-hmm. I got that too in sixth grade. I'll never forget. <clears throat> I walked in the building the first day, and there was a uh, Mexican student who uh, was pretty popular. And people come up to me like, "Hey, are you his brother?" I'm like, "What?" I'm like, "I don't think so. I don't know who this person is." I was like, "What's happening?" But I, I, I should I have written like, it. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, right. I know. I I messed up and what remained unpopular for a while. Yeah, so go back. <laughs> I have made the mistake myself. I have to admit that I did do a wedding one time and I thought the family was Hispanic and not just because, you know, I saw them and and I met them, but the last name was Gonzalez. Were they Filipino? They were Filipino. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, yeah. The dang colonizers. I know. That one's actually really confusing. I'm like, why? But then then I I learned my history and I was like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. So you you grew up with your your last name of Karamatre. We we talked about uh, a little bit when we were starting that uh, some people get confused when they see that name or our last names. How how is, is that... uh, how has that been since you've been married and prior to uh, changing your name? I didn't really realize in a way that having an American or I guess, well, Italian last name is a little bit of a privilege, honestly. Um, I didn't really realize that till I met my husband and we would talk about things like that and how he felt pretty self-conscious, like uh, cold calling clients and things like that um, with his last name. And then I, you know, I kind of realized like, oh, it might have given me an edge like reaching out to employers or I don't know, just anything, making making dinner reservations. Sometimes now when I make dinner reservations, I specifically use my maiden name or certain things. I don't know. Like now it's kind of one, it's kind of one of those things where like I basically grew up with not much Asian culture exposure or really any, I don't know. Like I believe my family are good people and like inherently have good hearts and like, you know, welcoming and I want to say not racist, but I can't deny the fact that, you know, I grew up under a certain shade, I guess. Right. And so I think it wasn't until I went to college and met other Asian people who had grown up Asian that I realized like, you know, they would tell me like, oh, they didn't seat us here because we're Asian. I'd be like, that's ridiculous. Like, what are you talking about? That would never happen. And then I think the more like I've been aware of these, like, prejudices I'm kind of like oh is it real but but then there's part of me that's like but I spent the whole first half of my life like not ever feeling this not ever noticing it even if I was alone so there's a part of me that kind of struggles with like is it in my head is it real maybe a little bit of both maybe sometimes it's just a coincidence maybe sometimes it is the prejudice but like there there was one time for example where my husband tried to book like a party for me in a hotel in New York on the rooftop. So he just wanted to reserve like, uh, I don't know, a couple tables or something. And they basically were like really rude to us. And at one point we were kind of like, I think it's because you made the reservation 
<laughs> nice. It's like, because last time I booked something here and they were super nice to us and really accommodating and like basically did the whole event like very differently. Um, so I don't know. It's weird. Right. Mm-hmm. Like then I just start thinking about it a lot. Like, is it in my head? Is it a coincidence? <laughs> is it prejudice? Like, I don't know, but yeah, it has been something interesting, especially yeah after getting married. And then there is an aspect to it where like before there was a lot of explaining Right. People be like, oh, why is your last name like that? Like, is, are you mixed? Like, you don't look mixed. Like, what is that Japanese? Um, and so then I'd have to be like, oh, I'm adopted. Like, <laughs> 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 now people just assume like I'm Chinese. My husband's Chinese. Now people just assume I'm Chinese. And I'm like, great. Like, I don't have to do an explanation every time. You're in the right continent. <laughs> yeah. But that's also confusing too. Like, I mean, one, sometimes I laugh because um, I think my in-laws forget that I'm like raised, that I'm not Asian, like that I'm not Chinese. Mm -hmm. Cause sometimes my mother-in-law, especially she'll just be talking to me in Cantonese. And I'm just like, "Mm -hmm. I have no idea what you're saying. (laughs) Like you want the, you want the salt. (laughs) So, and yeah. And I feel like I encounter that too, as I'm sure, you know, you guys and all your guests feel that mm-hmm. sometimes too which is also awkward yeah, i get it very frequently when i'm doing weddings and I'm, I'm photographing and the other family is asian they'll just start talking to me in whatever language just assuming that that the bride and groom i guess hired me because i could speak their language too and so multiple times i, I just sit there as the parents talk to me and i'm like no i'm sorry i don't understand you hold your camera up start taking their picture <laughs> yeah. i'm just for the pictures <laughs> i mean it it, it happens a, a lot and uh I, I have been more self-conscious of uh like you were saying of race and and just my own race and appearance um, from moving from California to Colorado now. Uh, I mean, I went to college here, so I lived here for eight years. Never really had any problems. Like you said, I wasn't looking. I wasn't noticing things. I never would have thought. But from going from California and, of course, in the current times, um, it has definitely made me more self-conscious. And, and I do look around or I do see things and I wonder, oh, is this uh, is this happening because of that? Or and I don't know. I don't know if I like that self-consciousness as much I, I don't i don't know how to to handle it i think sometimes because i'm like stop you're overthinking it but mm-hmm. uh so did you say you had in your form an asian college roommate too i did my roommate it's so funny i love her we haven't talked for a long time but we actually were on the same flight on the way home from our tour of the college oh. and um her mom sat next to me on the plane and um, she's Chinese, she's from LA. And she, uh, her mom was so nice. And then she's like, well, if you guys both get in, like you should be roommates since, you know, we know each other now. And then we like would chat on AIM, you know, because that was the only way. And she was like chill. She was really cool actually, you know, but at the time I didn't know, I'm like, she's cool. She's like the only person I know. And so we signed up to be roommates. And yeah, like, I think um, I might've told Jerry this too. Like one of the best stories about like learning about Asians and Korean is like when we were in college there we had orientation and there was like a, a play about like being a good roommate and how to live with your roommate there's a play about that <laughs> yeah there was like a whole presentation <laughs> nice. play and one of the skits was this one uh the two girls in the room and they were you know role-playing and oh like you can't keep leaving your kimchi out in the room. It's so smelly. <laughs> and like, I remember like telling, asking my roommate, like Sandy, like, what are they talking about? Like, what does it even mean? And she was like mind blown. She was like, you're Korean though. And I'm like, and? and she's like, but you don't know like what kimchi is. I'm like, well, what is it then? You know, like, if you know, then tell me. And she's from LA, you know? Mm. So she's like embedded in tons of Asian culture and, lots of Koreans and she was just like very hip as well. So, you know, and, and we, I remember afterward we went to like the block party and there was like falafel and I was like, what's this? <laughs> Girl. <laughs> She's like, Girl. 
I really resonate with that because I didn't really know what kimchi actually was till we did the show. Apparently, I had tried it before, but I think my sister was a liar. So I'll go on record. Wow. Canon for the show that my sister lied about that. That was a lie. Wow. Love you. Love you, Rebecca. You're going to get some text messages now. What was it? Like sauerkraut? I don't even remember that instance she was talking about. So it's all good. I did have a question, though, speaking about being in college you had mentioned you had went uh, on an exchange program to iwa and spent some time there what was that experience like for you um as an adopted person returning to uh the homeland for the first time that's freaking awesome <laughs> i mean come on i was i think i was 18 mm. right so because uh, i was young um my my roommate and i and actually my boyfriend at the time also a korean guy we were like the youngest kids in our class. And I think for like various reasons, like I had skipped a grade, she had skipped kindergarten. I don't know, like maybe because of like the Korean school back and forth, he was just also young. So we were like the youngest. So I was like going to Korea. I don't think I was, I don't know if I was even 18, 18 or 19, but in Korea, they're like, oh, you're 19. I'm like, you could drink. And I'm like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> and then like, basically, you know, I'd gone from South Carolina, very rural to Rhode Island, which is like, I don't know, like, city beta. I don't know. It was like small city, right? It's like quaint, like safe. And then to Seoul, completely unrestrained. I mean, it was awesome. Like from that aspect, it was awesome. And then as an adoptee and someone who, you know, had only seen like three Asians in Atlanta in my entire life, um, going to Korea was just like mind blowing mm -hmm. for me. I mean, I, I've been back several times now, so it's, it's really hard for me to like reconnect with that first feeling. But yeah, I mean, Every person, and this was in 05, so I think it's actually different. I don't know if any of you guys had gone back, you know, earlier as well, but like I've gone back more recently, like with my parents or like with my husband, and it is a different experience. It's a lot more um, tourist friendly. There's a lot more t tourism and I see more expats. Like when I went there, you actually had to be worried about like racism against non-Koreans. Like sure. some of the kids in my exchange class would get like, I don't know, like verbally attacked or one person got soup thrown on them, which is pretty terrible. But on the flip side, as a Korean person, I felt like this immense acceptance and almost like love. And, you know, like, just like grandmas, like Harmony is just coming up to me on the street, like rubbing my face, like, oh, oh like, okay, you know, and I'm like, you're like this total stranger, but you're just like, and, um, you know, I was like a, a teenager in college and it was summer when I went. So I'd have on like my tank top and my shorts. And that was like very taboo in Korea at the time. And I'd have just like Ajma's coming up to me like, oh, you want there? Like, don't wear this. Like, what are you doing? Like, try to pull my shirt down and like cover, you know, it's just very strange. And like, just any person just talking to me as if I'm just like a friend, you know, like, oh, like they could tell instantly, like, oh, you're not Korean, Korean. Even if I didn't open my mouth, like, um, you know, so then immediately like, oh, why are you here? And then as soon as the adoption topic came up, they're like, oh, are you going to find your family? They would love it. We can help you. Like, oh, I have to take care of you. Like here, eat this, here, take this. So it was really, um, unfortunately, and I've talked about this a little bit, um, before with other people, like, it seems like a really different experience going back to Korea than for Korean Americans, which I feel sure. like is a little heart breaking for me because the experience I hear from them is a little bit more of like d disappointment from Korean people, right? Like how, how come you haven't come back till now? How come your Korean is not that good? Whereas I'm on, I would be on the side being like, an, an young, hase, yo. And they're like, oh, Jack K, your Korean's so good. Like you're so wonderful, you know? So it's really, it was really difficult um, to see my friends struggle like that, but it was really um, like amazing and probably a big reason why I, go back a lot. I was wondering too, like you said, uh, you've been back multiple times after with your family, with your, with your husband. Um, what do you feel like it was important for you as someone connecting to their culture to go back on your own or with like your friend group first, or do you wish that you would have, or was it different when you went back? Like you said, it was different experiences, but uh, do you think that was an important step to go alone first? Because that's something I'm wondering. 
I've always been, I've been planning this trip to go back. And at at first it was like with my whole family and to make like a big thing of it. But as I've started to like learn more and uh, just understand myself a little bit better, it's, I I wonder if I should go alone first and go on my own and experience that on my own. So I was wondering as someone who had done that, what, what would either your advice be or how did, how was that different for you in that experience? And was, did that, was that important for you? You know, I, I've listened to like a few of you guys' episodes. Like I really enjoy them. And I always try to tune in when you guys are like on Clubhouse or doing your live chats and stuff. And um, I've read a few other adoptees' stories. And I, I feel a little bad because I don't know that I've approached like my life and these experiences from the point of view as some of the other people that you guys have spoken with um, that I'm so invested in like my adopted identity. I think at the time for me as like a 17 year old, basically a child and, and like a really dumb, terrible kid. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think it was more like, I'm Korean. I don't know anything about this. I'm gonna go check it out. It's free and I can travel (laughs) and like be free, be totally free. Like, I didn't really know what, like my personality is kind of just like jumping headfirst in. So I didn't really know what it was going to be like, and I wasn't going there with this intention of like discovering my, my culture and my connected with my heritage. I feel like that kind of actually happened after I went, mm-hmm. you know, I think, um, I, I was dating a Korean guy at the time and I think he like encouraged it. Like, I think you think it's great. Korea is so awesome. You'll love it. You're Korean. You should go. And I think I was just like, yeah, okay. Yeah. You know, like, um, So, and I think after I got to Korea and after I took the classes and made Korean American friends that I'm like still friends with today, um, like Angie and um, a couple other people. And even when I go, yeah, when I go back, I still see, I mean, like I chat online almost every other day with a a girl from Iwa who's the Iwa student. Mm. And, you know, like she just had a baby and like we talk all the time. So I feel like it was making those relationships and learning about Korea that way that kind of made me realize like, wow, there's actually like a lot of Korean adopted people. There's actually this whole culture. And I think um, it almost happened like backwards for me. And so I guess like to answer your question, I think just in general as a person and at the time as like a a young person, I think traveling alone was a huge life changer for me. Mm -hmm. Like I sometimes like my husband, I talk about, he's always like, I wish I had done something like that, like traveled alone in college or whatever. Um, Because, yeah, it just kind of forces you to like, I mean, back then I had a phone card to call my parents and I had a map. I remember those phone calls, <laughs> <Right>. yeah. <laughs> so like, I and you know, when I got there, I had done the paperwork wrong or something. So I thought I was going on like a week-long retreat before the start of school. And I got there and they're like, no, no, you didn't sign up for this. So I was basically in Seoul alone with like some money. And I had to figure out how to live for a week before the school opened. Nice. And you're there, tank top and so, shorts. My tank top and shorts. Every, every Korean's flops. like, you're clearly not. One. I mean, you're one of us, but you're not one of us. <laughs> Let me help you out. But it was like a wild experience. I was just like walking around and I don't even know how it happened. Somehow I found a guest house. Like now in hindsight, I'm like, this is so shady. Like I was a 17 year old girl alone. I just found this guest house and then I like um, met up with some uh, Chinese guy, Chinese American guys from Chicago. And they were like, you chill with us <laughs> again, like terrible, you know, like looking yeah. back, I'm like, this could have been like taken, you know, but actually at the time, I think like I felt Korea was quite safe, you know, like um, mm-hmm. my friend was telling me, you know, I, I was saying like, oh, how come there's so many small children on this metropolitan subway alone? like young kids, like four or five. And and my friend was like, you know, because no one would do anything to them. um, Because if someone tried to touch them, there's all these like soldiers and, you know, there's all these like harmonies and one of them is going to say something. And then if someone messes with the harmony, then one of the soldiers is going to do something. So he's like, there's sort of, and they were, you know, like my friends, Korean American friends kind of explained to me this like feeling of like, like Korea is so unified in a way, or like at this family feeling, I guess the, the Chung, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. so I, I mean, I don't know if that was like a very simplified explanation, but anyway, sorry, circling back, I think <laughs> going back by yourself would be great. 
Because um, I've, I've gone back now like a few times and I think part of that has made it so that when I go back with people, I'm almost like the tour guide. Sure. Right. It's like, oh, here's the palace. Here's the tower. Here's the park. Like, here's the river. Exactly. Whereas, like, when I go by myself, I'm like, I'm going to go to this neighborhood and I just want to explore. That's like how I love to travel. Or I'll meet my friends, like, you know, what area is cool? Or we'll just go to like the, the bookstore or something and, or just go find an area and sit in a cafe. And I really like that. And then, like, uh, when I'm by myself, I'll just go get dinner or something and people are, will just talk to you or the bartender will talk to you or people on the street. So I, I like that a little bit. It's a little different now as like a, a mom and like a, a married woman. But right. I still think that, you know, traveling alone is nice, right? Like, yeah, it's, it's a little different. Yeah, I love traveling alone. I went to Australia for three months. <laughs> but it was a little bit different for me. Okay, I'm a guy, girl. And I was older at the time when I did it. I was 30. <laughs> you, you were 17, 18 when you did yours. I, I would probably feel very... Uh, lost, I think, at that early of an age if I was in a foreign country by myself. So I give you props for doing that and and surviving for that first week. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I do feel, though, when I do travel, I like getting lost in a way because that just really forces you to, you know, it's not like I'm on a guided tour. I don't have anyone to, to hand feed me anything. I'm like, okay, here's... I got to figure this out. And it, it just kind of forces you to do the work and to find where you're going and to learn something too, because the times I've ever been lost, uh, when I finally figured out what I was reading or what I was looking for, I'll never forget that. I'll never forget how to read the, the train timetable. I'll never forget that the train, when it says two names on it, it's the start and the end destination. It's not the only two places that it goes. So <laughs> like... <laughs> So uh, the things that I've learned when I was lost, I think, are very valuable. And so, Patrick, uh, to your comment, I would I would suggest you go by yourself too. Um, I think everybody does things at different for different reasons. Maybe I'll go and then just get lost from my family. <laughs> I'll just like I'll be making eye contact See with them, later. just disappear into the crowd. Just. <laughs> but then they have you to finally blend into a crowd. Yeah, because I can exactly because I won't stick out like well, I do here. I don't know. From what I've seen, you're a giant, so you might. Uh, yeah, you might just be like, oh, he's the taller Asian. The one that stands above all the rest of them. Speaking of giant, too, I, I did see there's that photo on your page, Katie, of, of when you first took your, your parents there. Uh, do you want to talk about that? Because that's something that I haven't done yet. My, I've never been there with my um, my family and, and my parents. I think that would be amazing for them to see that. How was that bringing them there Um having that shared experience. Yeah, that was um, really amazing. I was actually pregnant and my husband came with us too. And um, it was really amazing. We we kind of made like a big trip of it because we felt like they might not go back. Um, you know, like I think my parents feel like if they're going to spend a lot of money or spend a lot of time to travel somewhere, they want to go to different places. So we kind of like made a huge trip of it. We were in Seoul for a while. We went to Jeju Island and... Um, where I had to drive, which was scary. Um, but Is driving in Korea scary? I, I'm like not a confident driver to begin with. So it was like a little nerve wracking for me. Like most of the signs were like in Korean and I was just like nervous. I don't know. I've never driven in an international country before. I've never driven in another country. So, but it was okay. I, but my friend also made me nervous because she was like, most people in Cheju are terrible drivers because it's the same thing. They're coming from Seoul and they don't drive and they got their license to drive and change you and I was like oh no like a bunch of terrible drivers plus me <laughs> but it was fine it was fine and they my parents they loved it like I think there was a little bit of like I don't know I wanted them to be like so blown away and like so impressed and I think maybe it made them be like I'm th cool you know like I was like isn't it amazing and and so they would be like yeah you know it's cool um but I, but they still talk about it. I think they had a great time and it is funny. Like we're just different travelers. Like we all went to France together and they were like, we're going to go to Normandy and we're going to go on the tour of Notre Dame. And I was like, I'm going to just go walk around like this other area. <laughs> like I don't want to do those things. So I had to kind of think about that too. You know, like the things that I really enjoyed and valued when I visited Korea, which were like, 
I think impactful for me or just seeing like these tiny pockets of areas and like cool little neighborhoods with history. And for them, they're like, we want to see like the palace. We want to see like this demonstration. Like we want to see this like memorial. We want to go to this museum. So um, like we did all of those kind of things. And I think, you know, they enjoyed that. Um, and we, we did a little bit of like my style and they were like, this is cool. And they're like, but we're so tired from walking. Cause like you walk so much. Sure. Yeah. So I've heard in Korea that the women wear heels and hike everywhere in those. Is that a thing? And did you participate in that? I don't know. Cause <laughs> like in 05 in E-Day area, everyone was all heels all the time, all the time. Right. <laughs> and you were hiking up these like massive mountains to like get to class. Like my friend and I would just stay out and eat till like 8 p.m. Because we were like, well, let's wait for the shuttle when the shuttle bus starts because we don't want to walk up that hill. And I've never owned like more pair of high heels in my life than when I lived in E-Day in 2005. I mean, it was like high heels all the time. But but like now when I go back, I don't notice as much. Okay. Maybe because I'm like a man. And I'm just like, I'm wearing my sneakers, so whatever. <laughs> I don't have time for these heels. Exactly. But I do think it's like a little more trendy. I do, like when I watch dramas and stuff, they're wearing like cute sneakers, right? Like that's trendy now. Um, and I feel like femininity, it's like a little bit different in Korea. Like uh, some of my friends talk about how like uh, U.S. Korean Americans are in almost like a time vacuum where like Korea keeps hmm. progressing and getting like more like, yeah. progressive and like uh, the Korean Americans who immigrated here are sort of like stuck in like the 60s. That's interesting. But yeah, I'm not sure. I'm sure there's still <laughs> a lot of ladies rocking the heels, you know, on the side, on the subway and stuff going up all those stairs. So uh, one thing that you touched on a little bit <clears throat> was uh, uh, your imposter syndrome that you felt. Uh, how, especially when you went back with your your parents, did you feel any of that? I mean, I, I made that comment earlier because uh, Patrick's fairly tall, but it looked from the photo that your dad is really, really, really tall too. Is he like, what is he? I like think six, it's four? that my mom and I are really short. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's what it is. We're not heightest on the show. <laughs> well, he's like an average height guy. <laughs> oh, yes. The photo, okay. I was like, wow, your dad I, is really tall in this photo. But now that makes sense. It's actually you and your mom. They're just shorter. We're like <laughs> tiny people. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. That's hysterical. I think my husband might actually be taller than my dad. Oh, wow. That's amazing. <laughs> um, because my mom, she's like 4'11". Okay. And I'm... Wow. I'm like five feet on a good day. Like if I stand on straight, right you know, I'm like, we're right tiny heels. ladies. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's why I need now the heels. That, I think Koreans, they've sense. gotten taller over the years. so They don't need the heels. as much. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> No. Um, <laughs> you know, what's funny is like when I first went back to Korea, well, not in college. Well, in college, yeah, because I was taking the Korean immersion program. And, like, I, I love language, and I really wanted to speak Korean. And I think subsequent times when I went back, I wanted to, like, speak a lot of Korean and, like, practice my Korean. But then I've noticed the last two times I've gone back, I'm just, like, whatever. <laughs> uh, you know, like, I'll start with, like, a, a nice, like, annyeonghaseyo. And then I'll be like, do you have a table? You know, like, and when I was with my parents, I noticed I did that more. Like, I just... I don't know if I was just more tired from being pregnant or like traveling with my family or if I just didn't care as much or if I felt like maybe I had a little more of a pass because also when people saw us with my family, they just immediately would speak English. Mm. Um, so I think there is a little bit of that. Well, I don't know if I, yeah, I don't know. I'm curious. Um, so thinking about like a lot of the points in your story, the things we've talked about in our interview, the things that you fill out in the form, um, you know, you talked about growing up just kind of like out on your own, just deeply white American, uh, and then going to college and meeting like your Korean, Korean, not Korean, Asian roommate. And like, so you've had lots of little experiences and, and even what we talked about before with your husband. And now that you have a Chinese last name that you use sometimes and, and those kinds of things, I, I'm curious where you fall on identifying as Asian American or Korean American and how those identities have shifted over time. I guess I always, well, I have like a really terrible memory. So it's very hard to me to accurately, accurately remember how I felt or what I did as a, a kid. I want to say like back then I was one of those people that was like, I'm American. 
right? Like, I'm just American. <laughs> Look at me, but my cowboy I hat. definitely... <laughs> well, and I would also like to point out that where I grew up, it was very mixed. It was very 50-50. So I did grow up very white American, but also black American. Mm. It's the deep South, right? But... Yeah, like, I think my parents, they would also be like, oh, you're American, you know, you're American. Mm. You're just an American, you're from here. So, and I think that was, like, important for them to help me feel, like, comfortable and confident, like, if I experienced any prejudice. But definitely now I'm Korean. I tell people I'm Korean-American or I'm Korean. I think, like, usually I felt like I had to follow that up with, like, but I'm adapted. Mm Mm-hmm. But now I kind of feel like I just am like, I just don't care. You yeah. know, I'm just like, oh, I'm Korean. And, and some of my friends kind of like laugh at me because they're like, you're actually like more Korean than us. Um, and they're like, <laughs> Korean, like, you know, Korean American. They're like, you're actually like more. And some, one of my really close girlfriends, she actually teases me. She's like, she's like, sometimes I'm just amazed by like, what is just in your blood? She's like, some of the things you do or some of the things you say, she's like, it's just in your blood. She's like, Korean blood's so strong. Like, mm. that's just in you. you <laughs> know? I get that um, too. Because I like spicy <laughs> things and I like pickled things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think also being raised like Italian-American, like my dad is Italian. And I have heard a lot of people say Korean culture and Italian culture is very similar. Interesting. I have not heard anyone I've say heard that, that but I don't know that many um, like deeply Italian people. So <laughs> I mean, I don't know that we're deeply, ta- we're like Jersey Italian, you know, that's, oh, like yeah. a I different... mean, that's its own kind of deeply Italian. <laughs> we're like yeah. Jersey Italian, but I, in college, um, cause all the Korean classes I took were through Brown. Cause like my school didn't have language. So we had to do everything through Brown. So the, the college professor there, the Korean professor, she would say her favorite show was everybody loves Raymond. <laughs> Right. And she was like, it's just like Korean families. I was like, oh, cool. That's <laughs> my family, basically. Uh, <laughs> um, so sometimes I wonder if like a bit of that culture overlap is mm-hmm. like how I was raised. You know, it's like family first. Keep eating. Um, you know, we have to take care of each other, take care of our, and you know, the grandma is always there. Like you, you always take care of your grandparents. We're always all together. Like my dad's like ready to move in with us. Like I think in some ways it is similar. Um, with that kind of stuff was there a specific moment that you remember um about just being like i don't care to qualify how korean i am by being well i'm adopted and the like do you remember like the first time that that happened or just like a moment where you're like oh, i don't i don't need to say this anymore because i i think i've i've gone through something similar where now i'm like i mean adoption is a, an important part of my identity i realized that that is like having adoptee as an identity is not um, an important thing for all adoptees but for me i'm like oh no i think that this is a, a a unique part of who i am that is important to me but there is also some level of like no i'm korean american and and i'm adopted american and those those identities have actually separated from me i don't need to feel like i need to qualify one with the other yeah i don't know if there is a specific moment i think just gradually with getting older and mm-hmm. then also, you know, and just feeling more confident in myself and not having to sort of like prove myself to anyone for any aspect of my personality. But also I want to say becoming a mom has made me value my time and also just how I present or just how I feel about myself a little bit differently. Um, I mean, for me being, becoming a mom, is like, a, I guess for any mom is a pretty crazy life change. Really? And I just, <laughs> you know, just that little thing. Huh. And I just, I don't, I don't know that I feel like I need to spend time to explain to anyone anything about myself because I have like, I got something else going on. <laughs> like, I need to like keep this other human. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And in a way I think that being a mom has given me a lot more confidence and also has made me think about how I want my son to feel and how I want, um, you know, him to look at himself and feel about himself. And, you know, I don't want him to have to feel like, oh yeah, I'm, you know, half Korean, half um, Chinese, but actually my mom is adopted and my dad, like, I just want him to feel comfortable with who he is. And I think like what you said, KJ, like being adopted is an important part of my identity. um, And I value it a lot, but I think it's not, it's sort of almost like, I don't know, it's like more of a personal detail. Like people don't need to know right away. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also got a little bit tired of the follow-up after that explanation, which would inevitably be like, I know someone who's Korean adopted or like, oh my. And I'm like, well, I like, that doesn't mean too much 
to me. Cause as you guys know, like all of our experiences are so vastly different mm-hmm. that just because we're all Korean adopted doesn't mean that we would even possibly have anything to relate to other than that one that, you know, it's like being like, Oh, you're from the same town. Right. And like, Oh, like so-and-so's from there. And then you're like, cool. And then that's it. <laughs> I hated them. Right? I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they beat me up. Yeah. So it's really yeah. great that with your the the birth of your child that you said in your form that you wanted to have certain experiences for him as well, including language, um, which is something that uh, that I think all of us, well, I, I I guess I'll speak for KG and Patrick, but maybe I won't. <laughs> we really admire your your Tiger Boom creative website and your language lessons and the creativeness that comes with that website. Um, tell us more about how you created that site and was it for your son? When did all of this come together uh, and and how have you been, you know, how have you been doing? <laughs> well, thank, first, thank you. I really appreciate it. I have been working as a freelancer, a freelance illustrator. And then, you know, when my son was born, I had to take time off. And then with COVID, I had just started getting back into reaching out to my clients. And um, they were just like, look, we don't have money to pay for superfluous illustrations for fashion and lifestyle, such as like hospitality, you know, like no one was doing that. So um, a lot of my clients got furloughed and it was just really difficult like to see that. And so I just took it as a sign to like take a step back from my freelance work as well and focus on my son, who I was now home with every day, all day. And I knew I wanted to give him like Korean exposure um, because, well, my, my husband speaks some Cantonese and I actually think he speaks great Cantonese, but he doesn't. And he just like refuses to use it, mm-hmm. you know, which I feel like really bad for him for. And I wish he would use it more. But anyway, so like that was not going to happen in our home. So I just wanted my son to have like some bilingual exposure. And um, I felt like this would be a nice thing to do and part of, you know, his heritage. But, you know, I have like maybe intermediate level Korean. And so I started trying to research like books for him, like kids books or books for me to help me like parent in Korean, because, you know, even if I can like book a hotel or something. It's really different than saying like, do you need to wipe your bum bum in Korean? Right? <laughs> like that's really, bum bum, you know? <laughs> exactly. Right. And, you know, just even like, um, I think here is more where the imposter syndrome comes in for me. Like if I present something to like on Tiger Boom, like, oh, this is how you would say like, let's eat. There's a part of me that's like, is that how you would say let's eat? Like, it, the, because in language, right, there's tons of ways, like even in English, right? Like, and um, actually I was on a clubhouse with a couple of other Korean American moms who hosted a, a chat about like parenting in Korean for anyone. And I asked them, like, there's this song my son sings in daycare. It's like, today is Monday all day long. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'd love to sing that to him in Korean. And I was like, I'm thinking it would be like this. And I was like, but does that sound weird? And they're like, well, honestly, it sounds weird in English too, right? Like who would say that? <laughs> Today is Monday. All day. They're like, I think that's how you'd say it. Like, who cares? You know, just go, whatever. It's just like a dumb kid's song. And I realized like, I'm really overthinking these things a lot because I do feel like I'm not in a place, like I'm not a native speaker. I'm not Korean. Like I didn't grow up with Korean parenting. So I don't feel really qualified, you know, and people are reading these things and using them at home. I'm like, Oh no, like, what am I doing? (laughs) But I, I do feel like I wanted my son to have um, some exposure, even if it's not perfect. And I don't expect he would be fluent, but I just want him to, if one day he grows up and becomes interested that he can say like, Oh, well you did that. Mm-hmm. You know, like basically this is all to avoid future <laughs> guilt, mom guilt, <laughs> right? But no, I mean, it was, it was really difficult to find resources. Um, like if you don't read or, or write type, if you can't type Korean, it's very hard to buy the books. They're very expensive and then you have to pay like $50 shipping because they're like going from Seoul to LA to you. So I just felt like there should be more, you know? And so then I just started making them. That's I love great. it. I think your yeah. artwork is adorable and so cute. Uh, one of your recent posts I just saw in the caption below, you're like, uh, 
here's what we're doing. I'm adopted. So I would love to hear your traditions about people, you know, and just, I think using that part of your identity to, um, just to open dialogue, you know, in a way that I think for, for us, like that can be a really gracious opener, be like, Hey, I'm adopted. So I realized that I might be wrong about this, but I'd like, I'd love to hear like, what are your traditions and, and those kinds of things? Because like for the three of us, something that we've talked about on the show is like a lot of the traditional quote unquote Korean activities and things is like, we'll just see it on a K drama and multiple K dramas be like, Oh, I guess around, uh, the harvest moon, which I don't remember what that festival is called at the moment, but the harvest moon time they play, uh, go stop, stop, go, wh- whatever. But I'm like, Oh, that's a thing that, because I saw this in one K drama and then I saw it again in Minari and then I saw it again. So I'm like, that must be a traditional <laughs> Korean thing, but I have no idea. So yeah, I think that that's really, really cool. Yeah, totally. I really value that a lot. And I really appreciate the community that has grown around Tiger Boom. Cause it is a nice mix of mixed families, uh, people who grew up Korean American, other adoptees that are parents now. And so it is really nice seeing like everyone's different perspective because there is this um, a feeling I get, which I guess, again, goes hand in hand with the imposter syndrome, which is like, is my take on this like uh, brochure Korean? Kind of like what you're saying, right? Like textbook Korean, like where mm-hmm. I read like, you know, oh, on Children's Day in Korea, everyone wears hanbok and uh, plays yutnori, you know? And then so I'm like, is that like, really? And people are like, yeah. no, girl. <laughs> They're like, check, no, girl, really we quick. go to Potoro land. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. You know how many times I had to fact check exactly what I was putting in the hotox that I was making? So it's like, is this, is there another ingredient in oh, this? Oh, man, we didn't even talk about that. Yeah. Shoot. Yeah. Talk well, about hey, that, let's Nathan. bring it up right now. I, I mean, I assume <laughs> that's the most popular thing you've sold on Nucky. <laughs> it act, actually, it is. Yeah. <laughs> And so, I really appreciate you guys' participation. Like, oh, it, it was, and it was like a big plus. We were honored. Yeah. And one of the most made recipes is the hot dog. What? Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Okay. People. I think more people have shared that with me than any of the other wow. recipes. That's well, exciting. I came up that. When I came up with that myself. No one else helped, so I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> Literally, I don't even know if you said anything besides. I don't think. Sounds I, good. I, I don't think yeah. I contributed a single piece other than that looks great. We should go with <laughs> We've also seen Patrick's cooking skills lately. And, All right. Uh, <laughs> All right. Yeah, we're definitely cookists on the show. We, that'll, be yeah. the next, that'll be the next show is we have a live show where Patrick cooks something. I'd love that. I'd love a Johnchi cooking show. Yeah. Love that. We, we would like a little Johnchi cooking show. We're brainstorming. Kind of we're fun. trying to figure out how yeah. that'll, that'll happen. It would be, fun, that would be really fun and ridiculous at the same time. <laughs> so. um, yeah, so that was really great. So for the listeners that don't know, will uh, Nathan, will you explain what you did and actually let's do do this katie explain um the the project that we contributed to and then nathan explain your creation process of what we specifically contribute what i say we what you specifically contributed to that in our Just name say we. hey you guys have, you, had, Woody. you had your, your verbal confirmations yeah approval yes Check. Um, yeah, we, I, I really wanted, this was even before, um, the shootings and I had, I just like the uptick of violence and everything. And even with um, Black Lives Matter, I wanted to do more to support my community and support the Asian community with the hate crimes. And, um, but I just felt like donating, it's not enough, like for me as a person, like I don't, I can't donate much. Um, and I wanted to do more. And I was thinking like, you know, what can I do more that maybe I could get more people to help donate? Or um, in the past I've done, I had done like, if you donate to the local business or if you buy a local business gift card, like I'll just send you a print or something like that. So I was like, maybe I can do something like that um, with Tiger Room. And so created the cookbook and reached out to a few uh, restaurant owners and friends um, and food bloggers and you guys, which I know like you love food. And for, so food oriented contributors and asked to contribute the recipes. And we made like a little tiny cookbook and for $5, um, people could donate and download it and print it at home. And actually I should follow up. Someone bought it at a corporate level and sent me their receipt for like thousands of dollars that they had donated to yeah and then they were like so can you send me the pdf and i'm like yeah sure (laughs) i'll send you whatever you want it was amazing um and it it did a, a lot it got a lot more um 
impact hit had a lot more impact than I really could have hoped for, which is really wonderful. So I appreciate you guys participating. Yeah, we were honored to have contributed. I remember uh, when I don't know who first said is like, hey, uh, Katie at uh, uh, Tiger Boom Creative wants to do a cookbook and. We want you to help create this recipe, and that, in my mind, just was like, "Whoa, that's so cool!" Because I, I do love to cook, and I, um, so I, I, I instantly was like, "Okay, we got to come up with ideas. We got to come up with types of things." And we did. We we brainstormed a little bit, but then eventually, I think, oh, sorry, we had made some frozen versions of the hotox. <laughs> I just remember thinking, well, maybe we should try to make this from scratch because it seemed a pretty easy one, and this was going to be geared toward kids family-oriented comfort foods right so i was like yeah they would yes. kids would eat this and i have my kids as guinea pigs to try it out so i was like let's do it so i made it and uh, sure enough they did eat it and they liked it uh, they didn't eat the gochujang tomato soup but that was just my little uh, addition because i loved as a growing up i loved grilled cheese and tomato soup so yeah um, so that's why i i tried to combine that and the uh make it something a little bit fusion i guess but yeah, that was uh, a lot of fun. It's really awesome. Nathan likes fusion. That's I like Caden. the fusion. I am. A yeah, fusion. I think that's really cool. I I literally just had uh, grilled cheese and tomato soup last night because I've not been feeling super great, nice. and I was like, oh, this is a comfort food. And then uh, I think for breakfast I had one of those frozen cinnamon mm. hot dogs, and I was like, man, I wish that I felt better so that I could make Nathan's grilled cheese and tomato soup <laughs> hot dog and go to the yeah, like that would have been would have been really cool because I think yeah, uh, like. It's funny, you know, Katie, something that you said earlier was uh, like all of your Korean-American friends are like, you're more Korean than us. But I think there is kind of that, that at least for me and from what it sounds like you and I are kindred spirits in this is that like because we're adopted and because we like traveling and learning languages and all these things, we're like really throwing ourselves into this culture that we have in our blood, right? Um, and so it's a, it's a fun way, um, a unique way to explore um, another culture. And because of that, maybe we we are choosing, even though we are ethnically Korean, we're also choosing this identity to take on. Whereas like if you're Korean American, you know, to whatever generation, you're just like, well, I mean, this is what I am, but like, it's not like a thing. So like, there are some things that maybe you are raised in, but like as an adoptee, and when you choose that, you're like, well, I, I deeply care about learning about this. So I do want to learn the traditions and I do want to learn the whatever the language or the however we talk and kind of all of that stuff. So um, yeah, it's just been interesting. And um, like, I I I think it is a certainly as a byproduct of doing the show and and some of the things around the show. I mean, like, have stopped feeling internally the need to qualify my Korean Americanness or my Koreanness with, well, I'm adopted, so I'm like not that Korean, you know, <laughs> or whatever, you know. Like, then I'm like, no, right. I, I am that Korean. Like, I'm listening to this uh, novel. It's called Yolk by Mary H K Choi. And they just like, it's a novel about two sisters and they threw around like a Nunchi joke. And I was like, I get that. And I don't even have to like look right. that up or like, you know, I'm just like, hey, I understand that now. Like it's just little, little things that I'm, I'm so excited to celebrate um, and, and to think about. So yeah, it's been, it's been great. Anyways, I love what you do yeah. and I'm glad that we're Thank friends you. now. Me too. We don't, don't want to keep you too long. We really enjoyed talking to you. I have one last question sure. because you put it on your, your, um, your website uh, and you talk a little bit about everyone has their um, definitions or their reasons. Um, but you say every Korean means something different to everybody. So I wanted to ask you, what does being Korean mean to you? Hmm. Wow. Way to end the show. Good question. <laughs> I, was, I was ready for like another dumb dad joke. And then uh, I was a hundred percent expecting so, a dad joke. Yeah. Hey, I have <laughs> something meaningful like, wow, questions wow. every once in a while. Moving. Just the question that's, was moving. Nathan, that was so deep. good. Katie, don't even answer. We're just going to shut the show down now. Nathan, Nathan Do the music. It. Somebody do the music. Walk off. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, no pressure. No pressure. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, when, I, when I wrote that, and I really believe this, and it is really what I believe and I feel is the heart of um, my books, Katamini books and Tiger Boom, is that, um, and I think I'm lucky to have so many different types of Korean friends. Like I mentioned my friends in Korea, I have mixed Korean friends who grew up Korean American, and I have Korean friends that live here that are from Korea, um, other Korean adoptee friends. And I think, and then also the people I've met through Tiger Boom, and I think what I what I really want everyone to feel is that even if you perceive your identity in a different way, we're all Korean in some part. 
And so that we shouldn't have to feel that it needs to be qualified or, you know, authenticized in some ways. So like if you are making hotak and you're like, oh, I don't have this ingredient, I'm going to add this, that you don't ever have to feel like, oh, I'm like lesser Korean. Because I think um, what I've learned from my friends and from this amazing community is that like even the most authentic of Korean Koreans might just do that and they're not going to think about it you know, for even more than, they're not even going to think, because they feel, you know, that's like in, it's like a part of who they are and no one can really take that. So that's really what I want to give to families and especially children with like my books and my resources. And I think for me, actually making these things has helped me feel that confidence a little bit too. Like, um, I'm a very like type A straight, you know, like, I like my husband makes fun of me. I read every manual we get. I fill out every warranty <laughs> card. Like he, like he'll want to set things up, and I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Did you read the instructions? <laughs> <I'll> <laughs> say why. You know, like we have to make sure it's the right way. And like when I do, like when I did the language class, I'm like, I need the, I need the placement test. I need to make sure I'm starting the right way. Like even if I know these vocabularies, I'm gonna read. And I think um, when it comes to like identity it's hard to not fall into that. Like, oh, I need to make sure I'm ticking off these boxes. And that's what makes me Korean. But I, but what I want my son to feel and what I hope all of like my, the Tiger Boom community feels with these resources is that there are no tick, like checkbox to be Korean or to be Korean American, especially, right? Because America is like massive. All of our experiences are a little bit different. You know, so for me, I think being Korean is like, it's kind of this awesome, I don't know. It's like this awesome, like not, like I don't want to sound cheesy and say like superpower, but it's like this awesome thing that I have. Like I, you know, it's this amazing connection to culture and history. And like, there's so many things that Koreans are so proud of, right? Like turtle ship and hangul, right? Like, and just like, you know, even from like a, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) from like an artistic point of view, like beautiful pottery, beautiful paintings, beautiful colors, beautiful fabrics, um, and the food, right? Food is, so to me, it's like being Korean American, I just feel like I have this extra flavor, right? Like, like I'm Italian, I am part Scottish, Irish, I'm from New Jersey, I've bounced around the country. I have like this fashion and art background, but I also have this like Korean side too, which is like, I have a little bit of a special connection to these other things, foods and, and, you know, anyone can access these things. Like you don't have to be ethnically Korean, but for me, it's like, I feel a little special. Like, ooh, right? Yeah. So, you know, like, I can watch the Oscars. I feel a little bit of pride. My husband's like, you're ridiculous. I'm like, yeah, I'm proud. Like, Korea. Yeah. You know, you're so wearing that's the Korean kind of flag right now, right? Yeah, I got my Things Korean like flag. Like, like, see this? Yeah. That's great. Well, before we go, I just wanted to say, um, just thank you for what you do uh, with Tiger Boom. The way you've like, talked about it and described it here and uh, put it in the context of your own experiences, uh, I think what you're doing is very so inclusive. And I love that it calls everyone in and it gives everyone a platform and a place to go. Uh, because especially as adoptees, um, just in the conversations that I've had and been privileged uh, to be a part of, that's what we're, I mean, a lot of us are looking for is a place to be included in and a place where we can connect with culture in that way. Um, and I think you're one of the people providing the platform for us to be able to do that. So thank you very much. And also, I really love how animated you talk with your hands because that's what I do in person. <laughs> and I've been watching you the whole time do it and it just love it because I'm like, I don't feel as ridiculous now when I do it because I know other people <laughs> are out there who do that. And I don't have to go, what do I do with my hands? I can just, I can just let them free flow. And uh, yeah, it's just been a real a pleasure for me to be part of this conversation. <laughs> That's my New Jersey Italian. <laughs> thank like you. That. Thank you guys. I, you, you guys also, I really value this platform as well and really love the show. Oh, thank wow. you. You guys thank you. Yeah, we're, we're honored. So where can people find you? I know uh, Tiger yeah, Boom Koreans website, uh, uh, Instagram, go ahead and, and let us know where people can uh, find you. Yes, Tiger Boom Creative uh, is my Instagram handle, Facebook, uh, the website, tigerboomcreative.com. And that's where pretty much everything is. I also have uh, like a smaller account and smaller site for Kata Mini Books, C A D A Mini 
books, um, which is like what I'm publishing my books under. Um, so that's like a little bit more serious. Um, but Tiger Boom is like where all the fun is. And I'll share the books there too. So that's like the best the Tiger Boom creative uh, printable stickers, everything. Awesome. There. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you. This has been a great interview. We really appreciate it. Uh, you taking the time to, to come on the show. And uh, like always, for everybody, you can find us uh, on, you know, John Chi Show at all platforms. Um, you can email us, johnchishow dot at something. <laughs> this is uh, the morning. Oh this, this is morning, Ethan. He's like, part part I need I more coffee. Do the thing. John Chi Show at justlikemedia.com. And uh, yes. Anything else, guys? <laughs> I was just imagining those words, like your words being typed up on the screen and it just being erased, like just because John G. Dot, oh, wait, John, John G. G. Show. Erase. John G. This erase. Yeah. yeah. Hilarious. No, I think that's it. I think that was yes. it. Thanks, guys. Great. All right. Thank you. Uh, Thank you so, so much. We Katie. are probably going to take a break or not. We, we don't, don't actually know how the show is, how this particular episode is going to end, but something will happen and you'll hear it after a a little bit of music. So here we go. <laughs> Mystery. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, we took a break and then we just kept that break going forever. So it's just me closing out the outro. Just me doing the end of the show. This is, I will tell you, this is the worst because when I don't have my co-host to bounce off of, I'm just like, I don't know. So anyways, here are our plugs. You can find us at John Chi Show uh, on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. And um, you can send us an email to John Chi Show at JustLikeMedia.com. I will say for the people who have been sending us emails, first off, thank you. Secondly, y'all are very verbose. Um, so that's awesome. I never expect to get very long emails. It's just like, a, hey, what's up? How you doing? Uh, but for some of the people who have been writing in, they are long emails. And I'm gra- it's great. I'm here for it. Um, you can support the show by going to JohnTShow.com slash support. You can also support the show by buying merch if you want to do that. That is at johnchishow.com slash store. Really, if you just go to johnchishow.com, it'll take you where you need to go, mostly with the menu bar. Um, so that's a, that's a thing. Um, let's see. You can find me at KJ Rilke, wherever I want to be found. You can find Patrick at uh, Patrick in the world on Instagram and at P. Armstrong on Clubhouse. He is doing some things with Katie Gagle centering adoptee stories asian adoptee stories uh on clubhouse so definitely tune in whenever he is live and i will also maybe be there every now and then i don't know he always picks wednesdays which i can never make so what's up with that man anyways uh you can find nathan at nnowak or nowak photo for his photography stuff um he's in colorado so if you're in that area or know someone in that area and they need a photographer slash videographer i'm just gonna say this and anything can correct me if it's wrong um reach out to him that'd be great because i know that he is working on rebuilding his client base and there's lots of people who need photos for life events or just for funsies so what a fun date idea you're welcome um let's see it is wednesday oh hey this Sunday is Mother's Day here in the States, so uh, if you have a mother that you would like to celebrate, or if you are a mother and feel you deserve to be celebrated, um, then go holler at some people. Make sure that Sunday is, uh, is a good time or as good as it can be. Please take a moment and leave us a rating or review on Apple Music, um, or sorry, Apple Podcasts. I forget that they changed their names. And also, uh, if you're listening to this, thank you for listening, and tell a friend. Um, you know, word of mouth is probably the best um, way to share what we're doing in the Junchi Show, or word of um, mouth like via Facebook groups or something like that. But that really helps us. Um, all of those things help us get noticed, help us uh, to be the little podcast that could Um so yeah, if you have appreciated these stories, uh, we would appreciate you sharing that with someone. So thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week. Okay, bye!